Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Scarcity is a scary thing. If we have learned anything over the last few years, it's that there are all sorts of things that we just sort of take for granted, that we assume are going to be there no matter what. Things like microchips, micro, microchips, microchips. Something you think about all the time, like, gosh, I hope the microchip stock is still around, but no, you don't think about it. And then you find out that it influences and impacts all these different areas of your life. Things especially like, like toilet paper. Who would have thought that we'd be worrying about whether or not there's toilet paper and remembering back to our Boy Scout days, like, which leaves can I use if need be? <laughs> Scarcity is scary, amen? amen? And for all too many of our neighbors, and perhaps even for some of you, it's all too real of a thing. According to the United Way, about a third of the population of Manistee and Benzie counties are what they classify as the ALICE population. And that's an acronym that stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. These are folks whom you don't see as being poor. They're certainly not homeless. They've got a job or more often they've got two jobs. Maybe they're working Crescent Bakery in the morning and then they're walking over and working dinghies in the afternoon. They're the kind of people who are diluting their milk just to make sure that it can stretch a little bit further, who can't afford daycare, and so they leave their kids at home in front of the TV. This is what it means to be Alice, and that's a third of our neighbors, and perhaps even some of you. To live in that place, scarcity is a real thing and a real scary thing. We can just ask the disciples as well. They know that scarcity too, especially in this moment that we have preserved for us in today's gospel. So the disciples, they followed the Lord Jesus out into a desolate place, into a desert place. And they are surrounded by crowds, crowds of thousands. How many? 5, 10, 15, 20,000 or more. And Jesus has been teaching and people have been loving it. It's been going on all day long. And now, all of those crowds who are looking to Jesus and to his disciples to, for help and leadership and provision, now they're looking to them and they're starting to look a little bit, well, if I can use the technical term, I believe it's hangry. <laughs> As they are looking to the disciples and wondering, where's that next meal going to come from? The disciples then come to Jesus with the natural response, the loving Christian response. They say to Jesus, Jesus, can you get rid of all these people? <laughs> because they're probably pretty hungry. And look, you know, Wesco is closed and there isn't a mire for miles. And we're out here in the sticks. And how are we going to feed all of these people? This is scarce and this is scary. But you know, for the disciples and for us, I think even more pernicious than the reality of scarcity is what that attitude, the way that that can influence our minds and our hearts, that if we really take it to heart, how it can infiltrate our souls like a virus. Psychologists have a name for it. They call it the scarcity mindset. You've heard of this? A scarcity mindset. And a scarcity mindset is when you become so focused and fixed on what you lack that you can't see all the abundant blessings that are right in front of you. You're always looking to see what you don't have so that you're not able to see what you do have. 
And as you look around, all you see is that there is never enough. There's never enough. There is never enough time. There's never enough money. There's never enough help. There's never enough resources. And when you have that scarcity mindset, life itself starts to feel like a black hole that's sucking from you all of that stuff. And especially then, your joy and contentment in life. That's what a scarcity mindset does. And of course, the, the term's a modern one, but I think you can see it reflected, hear it already in that voice of the disciples when they come to Jesus and they say to him, Lord, we have only five loaves and two fish. That word only kind of betrays that scarcity mindset. Now let me pause there for a second and say, like, let's be honest. I think fair enough for the disciples. Like, Lord, there's a lot of people here. We've got five loaves of bread and two fish. I think it's perfectly rational for them to say, I'm not sure that we're going to be able to stretch this, right? Grandma's not here in order to cut everything up in super tiny pieces so that everybody has some. I think it's perfectly rational and reasonable, and I do not want to come off like one of those prosperity gospel preachers who say to you, listen, if you just believe hard enough, then all of your scarcity is going to turn into abundance. Scarcity is a real thing and a scary thing, and it's understandable for the disciples to come to the Lord Jesus and say, listen, we only have got five loaves and two fish. What are you going to do with that, Lord? It's reasonable. It's understandable. But if that's our only approach to life, to only say only, it can lead you to some dark places. Because I think for many of the people in this room, even more dangerous than scarcity itself is that scarcity mindset. And when it starts to seep into your mind and into your heart, it can be poisonous. I remember a couple of years ago, one of our favorite lecturers up here at Camp Arcadia, Pastor Scott Bruzick, Pastor Bruzick was kind of being quizzed about the future of the church, in particular about our church body, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. What do you see for the future of the church? How are we going to do? And he said, listen, we've got everything that we need in order to thrive as the people of God. But if we die, he said, if we die out, it will be for one reason and one reason only. And what's that one reason, he said? Miserliness. Miserliness. A scarcity mindset infiltrating our heart and mind and soul. It's a scary thing. All the more reason why you and I need to attend to this miracle of our Lord Jesus. It's so familiar, maybe one of the most famous miracles that Jesus ever performed. But I'm not sure how well we have truly taken to heart the lesson of this miracle, what Jesus is teaching us here. So the disciples, they, they come to the Lord. We have only these five loaves and two fish. What is this for so many? And then with five little words, Jesus provides the solution to their scarcity problem and to ours. And what are those five words? Bring them here to me. Bring them here to me, y'all. So like, all right, Jesus wants them to bring them here to him. So they do. They bring him these meager offerings. And what does our Lord Jesus do? He multiplies those meager offerings exponentially. 
I love this, this detail that's included in all the Gospels that tells a story that Jesus doesn't just feed everybody. They don't just get a little tidbit and they say, well, it's better than nothing. But instead, he fills them to the full. Everybody ate and everybody was satisfied. You can just picture the scene. We're told that there are 12 baskets full of leftovers. Everyone is stuffed like Thanksgiving dinner. You can see the people that are waddling away from Jesus with their top button undone. You know how you do that thing, right? After the Thanksgiving dinner, they're walking away. He has provided more than they ever thought possible. And of course, all the crowds, they have no idea that a miracle was performed. They're just like, wow, those disciples were really well prepared. We're never really well prepared. What do we do? We bring whatever we got to Jesus. Now, of course, this miracle is not just about the bread, right? John likes to use the word for miracles of signs. Matthew doesn't use that word, but in any case, it's a sign, it's a pointer to a deeper spiritual lesson, which is this. That God provides more than we could ever ask or think. That here is the superabounding grace of God, pictured and depicted for us through this miracle of our Lord Jesus. As the scripture says, that God, he gives to us the immeasurable riches of his grace. He heaps that grace like gravy upon us, lavishes his loving kindness on all of us in order to make us his own and to provide for us in the midst of scarcity. That's the solution. The solution to that scarcity mindset is to trust and to look to the abundant provision of our God. That's the solution. That's where we need to look. Rather than looking to our lack, We look to our Lord and we bring whatever we got to Him. We bring it to Him. And as the scriptures say all throughout, but in particular in Ephesians 3, Paul prays, and to Him who can do immeasurably more, abundantly more than all that we ask or imagine. You can stretch out the legs of your soul. Unclench those fists. Open your heart. Because you have a generous Lord who provides more abundantly than you and I could ever ask or imagine. And when we believe this, when we take that abundance mindset to heart, it changes how we live. And in this respect, I'm inspired by stories of this community, this congregation in this community. Now, quick quiz, history quiz, you history buffs out there. Does anybody know what happened? What that was the anniversary 145 years ago yesterday? 145 years ago yesterday. Anybody care to guess? No. Yeah, Rick's right. It was the dedication of this building that you're sitting in right now. 145 years ago yesterday. Because a bunch of farmers said, you know what? We're going to gather together all the good things that God has given to us in order to create something beautiful to the glory of God and the blessing of our neighbors. And I love the fact that Henry Starkey, when he was platting this town and helping to found this church, he said, we are going to lift high the cross right at the center of this little community. If you look at a map, if you look at it from above, Trinity Lutheran Church is, boom, right there at the heart of Arcadia. And for 145 years and more, we've been sharing God's heart for Arcadia. Because God's people from the very beginning have said, you know what? We have been entrusted with and heirs to more than we could ever ask for or imagine. So let's gather together and do something great. Now, I was looking, it only cost them 5,000 bucks. So what's the big deal? 
to them then, it was an incredible sacrifice. But they had that mindset. And then some three decades later, a member of this church, a guy by the name of Charles Starkey, he caught the vision for a camp. He heard about this idea of a camp, a camp that in its original uh, founding, it was going to help to form the next generation of leaders, especially young people, and it eventually would turn into a family camp, a place that would welcome people, not just from Michigan, but throughout the country to find a place of, of respite and rest to be renewed in mind, body, and spirit in the Lord, a place called Camp Arcadia. Charles Starkey, a member of this church, he heard about this vision. It wasn't Camp Arcadia yet. It was just an idea. It was just a blip. And he said, you know what? I think I can donate to that. In fact, I have 30 acres. Hear this now. I have 30 acres of Lake Michigan frontage, including a, a half mile of lakefront, that I'd like to donate to you. Now, I was revisiting that story this week, and so I reached out to a realtor friend of mine, Carrie King, and I reached out to Carrie. I said, Carrie, just ballpark. If that were to go on the market today, which it never would, like, what would it, what would it go for? And she's like, the bidding's going to start at $5 million easy and go up from there. And Charles Starkey's like, here, can I give this to you? Who does that? Who does that? The people of God who believe in the abounding provision of God. And you and I are heirs of that legacy today. And I don't know about you, but that's the kind of person that I want to be. And that's the kind of church that I want us to be, that are living generously, like all those driving t-shirts say. We're opening our hearts in order to be a blessing to our neighbors and to the next generation. Listen, our generous Lord, he's still setting the table for us. He's still multiplying that meal and providing for you and me. And as he does, he is shaping us and forming us to be a people who live not by that scarce resource mindset, but instead by his abounding grace. Scarcity is a real thing and a scary thing. That's why we need to hearken to those five words of Jesus. Bring them here to me. It's why he calls and summons his church to be his agents of grace in the world. Because yes, it's a scary thing. But in Christ... Scarcity is now scarce. Amen. And may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to confess our faith.